Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Okay, this is an exciting call here for me personally. It's uh, uh, August 2nd. 2017, it is uh, in, on the East Coast, 9.42 uh, p.m., so we started at 9.30 and, you know, had a few minutes to clear. It's me and Nando. Uh, we are completing uh, Happily Ever After. Uh, this should be session four. I want to make sure that, you know, you catch, help you catch up to it. And um, Amanda's already went through, you know, it's four, five, and six already. So, um, uh, you know, you're going to now catch up with her. <laughs> which is awesome. And um, so what I want to know is, um, you know, how's the training been with you, you know, going for you since, since you know, we started? So this is session four. It's been, I don't know, maybe it's a, I think maybe it's a couple of months since uh, we had a session ourselves, you and I. Um, yeah, probably in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't know how much what you heard was um, sticking with you, but I do want to make sure that you get whatever it is you got. If I have to, like, help, you know, by bring it back, which I will anyhow review a little bit, uh, I want to make sure that you got that so that it makes it that much easier to get what's coming, you know. Uh, okay. So so, so anything you want to say about any of the stuff that you heard that, that, that stuck or, you know, was uh, um, enlightening or was, like, shocking or grateful or whatever – and how is it applying into your life is what I want to know, those two things. Which you I, get, think you know, the, yeah. I think the conversation around um, – the conversation mainly about, like, the, the 20 big differences between men and women. Yes, yes. Uh, um, I mean, kind of just like everything boils down to them wanting to be safe and secure. Yes. And that – I think that's been the biggest and, like, most profound – impact that all of this has left me with was like just being you know a woman being like literally all they want is to be safe secure in a relationship like that's it period yes and like being able to speak to that um Mm -hmm. i think is great you know so yeah and it's like when they're not it's like you strip away all you know, you can't, like, you strip away all the labels almost once you understand that. Like, no, that person's not a jealous bitch. She's just doesn't right. feel secure. You exactly. Know I mean? Yes. She's not mad at you and she's not unhappy. She just wants you to make her feel safe and secure. Exactly. She wants to make sure that things are going well. It's not even that you suck. It's that she's scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 100%. so if you can take yeah. away the, if you can take away the fear then, you know, what you got is uh, her, her emotionally singing, um, girls just want to have fun. Oh, right. girls just, right? Because <laughs> you take away all the problems, and all of a sudden they become very much fun, right? Um, yeah. But they don't use the, ta- the, ter- the language of safety and security. They don't no, use they it. Don't. They just say, you know, I'm not happy or I, I, don't, I don't like this or, you know, this needs to be fixed. Or, they'll go into complaint mode 
around that. But see, they're complaining about the problem and about you not doing it, fixing it. But the but the real deal is, if they didn't believe you could do it, they wouldn't even complain to you. They would just go somewhere else. Right. So their their complaint is actually verification that they believe in you and they love you because they didn't think you could do it. They would leave. They have to. Right. Because if they didn't leave, they would feel like they was like it would be as as painful and dis- disgusting and uncomfortable um, as being in a relationship with somebody that rapes her. Is that ugly? It really is, man. And so they won't say it. They don't have that. You know, that's not a top of mind idea. <laughs> but for all intents and purposes, they don't think you can do it. They gotta go. They they, they can't stay. You know what I mean? So right. yeah. them complaining and still being there with you is letting you know that they believe in you and they're hoping that you would act in a way that they believe you can act. So if you can, if you can ignore the noise, all there is left is believing in you. Right. You know, so that's that. Okay, good. So I'm glad you got that. Um, so I'm going to go over, you know, briefly the first three sessions before I go into session four to see what you remember or don't remember or whatever. So, um, the first session was about the biggest problem in relationships, not knowing who you are. So, you know, we talked about the five love languages. We talked about, um, you know, the, the highest aspiration for being in a relationship, um, which is um, uh, being content where you're just happy to be all together, um, you know, being family members, you know, and parents. So there's that. Then there is um, uh, m- uh, making a difference out in the world, um, um, there is um, adventure, a life of adventure, and a life of religion. Like, you want to be with somebody that wants to do the same thing. You know what I mean? Right. So have you, have you identified which one of those five is yours? It wasn't religion. <laughs> Got not, it. I'm, not, I'm, I'm pretty clear about um, that. <laughs> it, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't adventure either. Okay. Give me the first one again. Uh, well, I, I think the first one was contentment. As long as we're together, I don't care what we do, and everything's handled. There's family, and it's making a difference. For me, like who I am in a relationship? Yes. I don't know, man. After, like, going through all this, I got to tell you, like, for me, it's, like, just content. Okay. Like, I mean, I can't. And I don't know if I'm coming from a, like, can I say it's family if I left my family? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, here's what um, I think. Here's what I think. I'm going to throw out a couple of them out there. Because I can see all three, but there's one. That's the one, right? So let me help you with that because it's critical. This is, the, this is the biggest thing. If you don't get this, you're still going to struggle with the next relationship, you know? Yeah. So um, one of the things I've learned about people is that um, if if they're – Anybody that does anything around landmark or personal development beyond something that would be resembling the advanced course mm-hmm. is completely not about making a difference. And you did team. You know what I mean? You did the communication courses. You did all of this stuff. Like you was, you was happy about becoming a greater man for whatever that purpose was, right? So that may be, maybe that's your personal thing. Maybe that's not a relationship thing, right? But you definitely have in you wanting to make a difference because otherwise you couldn't put up with those damn programs, man. You just wouldn't. All right, <laughs> so that's the first thing. Consider that, okay? Okay. Um, another thing is, you know, you is definitely a family guy. Like when your mom is around and your, and your brother and stuff like that, 
you know, you're about family. It's almost like you family first, it seems like it sometimes. And then there are yeah. other times with your life where you are, um, like, it's just, I just want to do what I got to do and then sit down and do nothing. It's kind of like that, you know what I mean, for you as mm-hmm. well. And so, but, but I don't know which one is the biggest. And what I would tell you I think is the biggest one is family. Because, you you know, when you're talking about the biggest problem that's happening between you and, and Amanda, it's like, you know, yeah, you guys are getting along, but you, it's killing you with the, with the baby. You know what I mean? And then, you yeah. know, when mom, when mom was around, you was trying to moderate the conversation between Amanda and your mom. Right. right. So, you know, for you, like, you know, your family is big, man, you know, um, that's what it looks like. I mean, that's what be, that would be my guess. But you got to, like, look in your heart because you want to be in a relationship with somebody who wants to have the same relationship, who has the same intentions. So let me give you a, a, a graphic example of what I mean. So you remember the Cosby show, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Cosby was, uh, you know, Bill Heathcliff. He was a uh, gynecologist. He, you know, he, he, he uh, you know, gave birth. He helped, he helped people give birth and manage their pregnancy, right? He loved doing that. That had nothing to do with him being at home. Claire, she was a lawyer. She loved being a lawyer. But that had nothing to do with when she got home. When they got home, it was all about family. Matter of fact, they did those things to feel self-expressed, but at the same time, they did those things so they could make enough, plenty of money to take care of their family. Right. So everything they did was, you know, so they didn't have the same, like, what they wanted to do in life. They decided they wanted to do that when they was college before they got married. But they also realized that they wanted to have a family together. So their highest aspiration for being in a relationship was to be family members and parents together. Right. But their highest, per- highest aspiration for their personal life was to be successful in their fields. So they had, like, two purposes, which was fine. You know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. I'm saying this to you because if you don't know what this is, you won't find somebody that wants the same thing, and then 10 years down the road you'll be standing around saying, but I don't know why we don't get along. We, like you live in two separate lives like you kind of do right. now. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, yeah, and, and that, that, makes, okay, that makes perfect sense, I mean, because that's kind of like what I want. Like I'm about my family. Like when yes. it's time for me to be about my family, and when I'm, when I'm at work, it's, I'm about work and making, you know, making a difference in my company. Yep. Got it. All right, anything else you want to say about that? Yeah. No, that's it. Okay. So, so now, here's the thing. It works best when you're with somebody that their main thing is family. But it works also really great if, let's just say, Amanda's about being content. She's not, but let's just use that as an example. And you are about family. So what happened is, she wants to make you content, so she'll do what she does to help you be content around family because that's your thing. And you just take care of her needs because that's what's happened. So you can actually play with each other in different worlds coming together about it, even though that's not what you are. Because a lot of times couples will be like, man, how come you don't want to do what I want to do? This is important to me. How come you don't love me enough to want to do stuff with me? And then they'll feel, they feel alienated. And then they go through three to five years of being alienated until they can't take it anymore, and then they break up. Even though they're peaceful, they still love each other, but they can't live the same life together. So if you don't know that about you, you're sabotaging your relationship up front. You got no okay. real shot at it unless you get lucky and you meet somebody that y'all don't know what each other's thing is, but you have to have the same thing. You need to have the same thing is the best way to go about it. But if you don't have the same thing, you need to know what the other one is 
and they constantly give them theirs and they let them know how they need to give you yours and that other person wants to cooperate with you. If you don't have this, nothing anybody else is going to say is really going to make a difference, though. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I encourage you to um, investigate that for yourself completely. I think it is family, but you need to know what it is because me saying it and you living it, Two different things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think it's like, you know, back to that parallel that you made with the cosmos, you know, they they have their own personal things that they wanted to accomplish, and I do. Like, and that, like, I'm about it. Like, I'm about, yes. I'm about being successful. Like, fucking, like, yes. all in. Yep. When it's that time. And then when I go home, I'm all about my family. Yep. Yeah. And so you want somebody that's all about family, too. And you both are, really. I mean, you know, Amanda's a family chick, too. But yeah. she's more about adventure, and family fits into adventure for her. So when you are out there doing your thing and having an adventure and she can't go with you, that's, like, hurtful. And so if you can find a way to give her adventure, because you do like adventure. It's not necessary for you, but you do like adventure. Y'all have a meeting in, in the area of relationship called family. But Tony, I got a request. This yes. is just about me. Like, okay. That's not inclusive. Uh, okay, great. So then that's all I got to say about that. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine cool. with that. Okay, great. Okay, so I want to make sure you at least got the main thing about session one. Okay? Yep, I'm you with you, man. All right, good, good, good. All right, great. So the second session... Um, is about understanding gender differences or having a problem called not understanding gender differences. So um, the main things, the, the main points of, of the gender difference issue is that um, you can either learn how to understand the way the opposite sex thinks, which is complex, but it's doable to, to a large degree. Like, like you can understand them enough to know how to work with them, you know how to do stuff with them. It's possible. Um, and, and then the other part of it is to learn how to cooperate with them, how to interact with them how to work with them. You don't need to understand them. You just need to know what works and what doesn't work. Do what works. Don't do what don't work. You know what I mean? And so um, inside of that, there's three aspects to the relationship. There's you, there's your partner, there's a space in between. Do you remember that part? One more time? There's you. you. Well, there's a space in between, yeah. Right. You remember that? Three pieces, right? Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. The three pieces, the, the third piece, the space in between, is how you feel and think and how they feel and think, and how you work together. That's the, like, the energy thing that, that brings you together um, because you have a lifestyle that you grew up and lived in and you were trained in, and so today, and then you bring it together, and that's the relationship, the bringing together part. Um, so it's uh, the understanding and stuff like that. So now the space in between is part emotions, part non-emotions, like empty and meaningless. And so um, the part that's emotions you have to pay attention to it a thousand percent. You have to treat it like it's a two-month-old baby. Even if you like taking a break, you only taking a break, but you still, soon the baby starts screaming, kind of like you, you on top of it. You need to be that conscious of the emotions, both yours and your partner's. And then on the other side, the business side of it, I call it part business, part baby. On the business side of it, you got to bring empty and meaningless as much as possible to that, and put structures in place that's going to make sure that if you have a breakdown, it don't happen anymore and prevent as many breakdowns as possible. In fact, today is the session number four, the session about breakdowns. We're going to talk about that more. 
Um, and the other part about it, you know, is the, you know, the emotion, the, 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 the um, let me say, the relationship, the space in between is two parts, right? It's part baby, part emotional, and then part uh, 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 tangible, non-emotional, empty and meaningless. And so um, the other part of it, though, is like how men should interact with relationships versus how women should interact with relationships. So there's you, your partner, the space in between, and this is just a quick review, you know, just like, it's just, I'm just reminding you of it because it's been a couple of months, right? So how men need to handle the three parts of the relationship is different from how women need to handle the three parts of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so how men need to handle the three parts of the relationship is he needs to pay attention to her first, take care of her first, take care of the relationship second, and then take care of yourself third, not last, third. And, and how the women needs to take care of the relationship. They need to take care of the relationship first, you second, and then herself third, not last. And so how that works is that you're better at handling things than handling emotions and communication. So you handle her. You keep her eyes out so she can take care of herself or be taken care of. Women love it when a man is watching them so much that they can predict what's going to happen. That, that, that alone makes women feel more safe and secure than anything else. That's the most safe and secure you can make a woman is that you can see what's going on with her either at the same time she does or before. So you got, you got to treat her like she's an infant to some degree. I'm not saying demean her like she's a child. I'm saying right. watch no, her. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah she's, she's, an, she's an emotional creature, so you can never take your eyes off of her because that means you're taking your eyes off of the emotional part of the relationship. Right. And when they watch, they see that you're paying attention, they're like, oh, my God, I feel so great. He keeps watching me. Because yeah. part of it is because you're keeping your eyes on them, but part of it is because you're, you consider them important enough to focus that much on them. You're a pri- they're a priority to you. So it's an acknowledgement as well as a protection system. So men take care of the woman first, the relationship second. You bring whatever you can, but it's her, that's her game. And then you take care of yourself because, you know, you're never going to stop taking care of yourself. We guys, that's what we mm-hmm. do, right? right. And then for the, for the woman, she doesn't know how to take care of you anywhere near as much as you know how to take care of yourself, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And, but, 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 she don't know how to take, but she knows how to take care of the relationship, the communication, the intimacy, you know, the connectedness. They, that's, that's their thing. So she takes care yeah. of the relationship, which feeds you just enough. And then she, she tries to take care of you, uh, and then she tries to take care of herself. So the key is you've got to keep your eyes on her at all times. If you keep do that, dude, you, you, you solve 90% of your problems with the gender difference issues because then you'll be able to see what she does like and doesn't like. And then also she'll be able to um, feel safe and secure, get creative and express herself and look at you like you're the hero, and, 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 and that's how it works. It's just beautiful. You be her hero, she'll teach you your hero. Like that. Session three. That's session, let's roll. Seven three. Session three is about managing emotions. Um, it's about understanding how you get triggered, so you can recognize what triggers you. And then number three, and then the other half of it is, um, you got to maintain. You got to create great memories, because the memories is how the emotional culture of your relationship is going to go. So you got great memories. Everything's fine. You got hardware memories, everything is terrible, even later on after the incident is over. Because people don't remember always what you say and do, but they always remember how you make them feel. So gotcha. you got so to handle the emotions, like be responsible for it. And I gave you a list of, of uh, 15 of the top triggers that we have. So that's session yeah. three. That's a recap. So uh, now we're going to talk about uh, session four, um, which is about structural and other breakdowns. And by the way, I know that um, – I either talk too much for you 
or I don't get to the point quick enough or something. I'm not quite clear how my communication is. Um, I don't know if it's annoying you, frustrating, it's too slow, something. So I need you to tell me how to talk to you. I know. We're good. I just told you. <laughs> no, we're good, man. I got you, Tony. Okay. All right. Um, okay. I just want to make sure that, you know, you're taken care of because I don't want you to be feeling icky or whatever. Um, Tony, I'm like not that. icky. Trust me. If I was icky, I'm big enough to tell you I am icky. Thank you. Okay, got it. Just want to make sure. And I, and, I, and, I respect, and I respect you and I respect our relationship enough that I know you won't take it personal. Right, and you'll actually, right. like, grow from whatever i got to tell you. Yeah, yeah. I can handle it. I was in a men's team for seven years, bro. I can handle it. You know what I'm saying? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, great. So structural and other breakdowns. This is session four. Um, what I mean by structural and other breakdowns is, that, is breakdowns that make life uncomfortable, if not unworkable. Often it's both. A lost job, a flat tire on a highway, broken pipes in the bathroom, whatever. Other types of breakdowns include not getting what you want, not getting sex, attention, free time, blah, blah, blah. The reason structural and other breakdowns can and usually do get in the way of relationships is that it draws attention to negativity, almost always a surprise, if not a shock, and it takes away from other areas of the relationship that you've got to make that, that, that's already working you know, time, money, like that, commitments. Um, lack of structure creates the space for a lack of workability. Lack of workability creates a lack of trust, freedom, safety, security, and success. What's worse, the impact usually occurs unconsciously, automatically, and often immediately. Lack of physical communication agreement, other structural forms of breakdowns, undercut the emotional environment of relationships that in ways that only creating or restoring workability can. So there's only three things that can keep structural breakdowns from happening or breakdowns from happening or, excuse me, there's only three things that can keep breakdowns from negatively impacting relationships. Three, making agreements, planning, and commitment. I'm going to talk about all three of those. So the first thing and the most important thing is to make agreements. You got to make agreements on who does what. You got to make agreements on when they're doing it. All that's critical to maintaining workability and eliminating structural breakdowns. Uh, make agreements. Okay. Say that again. Making agreements. Yeah, because you got to be like, you, you, you got to plan. Well, planning is next, but the agreements support the planning, which I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. After you, after, so when you make an agreement, what happens is you're building trust, credibility, and partnership, and you're creating the space for partnership to actually occur. After making an agreement, maintaining the agreement is paramount, uh, even if breakdowns do occur, because even though you can't foresee the future, we know that you will know that your partner cares about you, cares about your word, and can trust you to do what you say you're going to do. So what I mean by that is um, – if if your wife knows that you're the guy that's gonna handle stuff, you get a tsunami. You can't plan for really plan for a tsunami, bro. But your previous actions will have her feel as safe as possible, given how your relationship to your word is, your relationship to your agreements, and all that other stuff is. Right. It's, right. So that's why it's, that's the big thing. So now the biggest agreement a couple ha- can make, the biggest agreement is what I call a philosophical agreement around how to approach issues and how to handle the business side of the relationship. This means you have to understand how each person in their relationship approaches, approaches things, their talents and skill sets, 
their vision and context for doing things and so much more. You're going to get this email, so I'm just reading it fast, okay? Okay. Um, you have to understand your partner. Your partner ha- understands you. You're okay. clear from tangible experience your partner understands you, and your partner is clear from tangible experience that you understand them. Okay. This allows you to blend your various viewpoints, strategies, creativity, et cetera, in ways that create solutions to problems as they occur. Right. With, with enough clarity of understanding each other and enough agreements, you can be like MacGyver, drop you on an island, you don't know what the hell is going on, but you can figure out how to create solutions from the resources around you, so to speak, as far as being in a relationship is concerned. Without this, you can got that. Next, planning. Once you make these agreements, you can start looking at the plans that need to get handled in order to support the agreements. And as a matter of fact, planning keeps shock and surprise from creating this emotional turmoil. You know, we can't prevent breakdowns from happening, but we can be mentally and emotionally prepared for them should they show up. You, you, you have to at least see what the plan is, um, you know, and so if you don't have a complete plan for what's, how everything can go wrong, you, you know, something can go wrong, and then that will be the sour point of the, of the relationship piece. So you may want to agree on, you know, who's in charge of what, who's, when they're in charge, what you need to do around insurance and things of that nature. You got to think of like it as a business. So in business, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? So you, you just same thing with romantic relations, especially when you get to the marriage part. Before then, you ain't got to do that much planning. You just need to understand each other. When it comes right. to marriage, now you now you're creating a business. Everything is your now name is all legal. Just say that again. Now it gets interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. The longer you're together, the longer your planning structures are likely to grow if you're actually doing planning as you go along, which is a good thing. Okay, right. next, to commitment. Commitment supports and ensures that the first two items we just talked about will be taken care of, regardless of circumstances, within the realm of what's possible for human beings. What I mean by that is tsunamis and earthquakes are not within the realm of what's possible for human beings to manage. <laughs> you, can't, you can say, I'm going to move to that place over there, but ain't no guarantee you're going to get there because that's outside of our capacity to, to, to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, but people who are committed can move mountains. People who can move mountains can be trusted to make things up in the face of breakdowns that weren't even thought of before the breakdown. Right. They operate as someone in charge of their own destiny, the opposite of a victim of circumstances. So, yeah, because they're going to check. They're going to check what they're committed to. Yes. Also, commitment communicates love to those on the receiving end of that commitment. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. So here's the things. As, I'm going to just run through the list real quick. But here's the things that need structural support um, between planning, agreement, and commitment, which is money, health, and fitness, basically your whole life, man, housekeeping, food, sleep, timing, education, entertainment, all that stuff. And I'm going to give you this list, but for you, you might want to start with this list because, you know, you're going to be doing your own thing, however you ends up doing. But you need to be clear on what you need to be planning about, what you need to make your next person that you're with uh, understand about you, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Great. So the biggest, the biggest impact of structural breakdowns is that it impacts both men and women where it hurts them the most. Breakdowns make men feel unsuccessful, 
that make women feel unsafe and insecure. It goes right to the heart of what matters most to each of us in the most negative ways. This makes breakdowns an emotional drain on the relationship. In addition, structural workability does not add to the quality of relationships, but unworkability takes away from the quality of the relationships. Everyone expects things to go work well, so you don't get extra points for things working and going as planned. Very few people, very few of us thank God every day for oxygen. You know what I'm saying? But the minute we yeah, don't have yeah. oxygen, it's a big-ass problem, right? And, and it's right. the same thing in relationships. And so the third thing is that breakdowns are the most complicated part of a relationship. The reason why it's the most complicated because it usually draws in the other four issues in the relationship. So a structural breakdown becomes an emotional issue because we're not bringing empty and meaningless to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now you have breakdown and emotions. It's about to upset the culture of the relationship. Now, right. you start to talk, right? And so you're talking about two different things because you're talking about success or lack of success, and she's talking about safety and security, and neither of you know you're not talking the same language as the other party. So now you've got gender differences that confuses communication. Right. So now you've got four problems in the, in the breakdown. And if you don't know who you are, that's just going to amplify all of it. So right. when people deal with breakdowns, they deal with the issue of the breakdown, but they don't deal with the emotions of the breakdown. They don't deal with the other person's need as, a, as, a, uh, as their gender and take care of them. And so they think because they handled the breakdown, they, they paid the bill because it was a late bill. They paid the bill. They think that that's it. And then they wonder why the relationship's still upset because they didn't see all of the problems that happened in the problem. Right. This one here drives people crazy more than anything else. And this is the thing here that makes people say, I don't know how to do relationships. They're so complicated. No, it's just that all five of the problems that could possibly happen are happening in breakdowns. Make sense? It makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah, because once you understand the nature of the problems that happen in the relationships, you can deal with the emotions after you deal with the breakdowns, and then you can take care of her need for safety and security. And since you know she needs to have that taken care of, you don't even have to say to yourself, well, honey, um, you know, I need to feel successful. You don't have to say that because you'll, you'll feel successful as soon as she gets that you're over there trying to take care of her safety and security needs. It would be natural. Right. You follow? And so I follow. all of that, breakdowns are most complicated only because we don't understand that all of the problems happen at the same time in breakdowns nine times out of ten. Yeah. Crazy. So now, once you understand what I just said, the thing to do is to consciously create your relationship. What I mean is that most of the time we just get in the relationships and we hope it works out and we just be doing stuff. And, oh, that was nice. Oh, that was nice. Oh, what happened there, right? <laughs> no conscious. Yeah, okay, I just recreated you. I got that. <laughs> so, but it's different when you consciously create your relationships. And how you consciously create your relationship is you understand each other philosophically and then you would create some kind of a document. You know, you could, you know, it's something kind of like, I guess, you know, a business, you know, a, a business plan or at least a business, you know, charter, you know, or, you know, uh, a, a TMLP game in the world structure or something, you know. And so I created a structure. I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but I created a structure that you can use to create a great relationship uh, um, you know, when everything is calm, cool, and collected, 
so you can use it to keep you focused once you get back in, once, you know, things start, you know, having a problem. So, like, this right. could be your Declaration of Independence in the United States Constitution, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, let me, uh, let me talk about this in a minute. So, um, in order to consciously create your relationship instead of hope, you know, it works out and be happy that it did, is to understand and recognize the impact your ways of being, speaking, and acting have on your partner and the relationship. This means you'll have to be fully responsible for how things are going and be fully and be emotionally strong enough to look yourself in the mirror and tell the truth about who you've been being. The best way to accomplish this is to be objective, open-minded, and curious. The last thing you want to be is closed-minded, skeptical, or judgmental because those, blind sets will, those mindsets will blind you to reality, make people think the reality they think is happening is the real reality, or they twist their thinking to feel comfortable with some reality they made up. Good luck with that. <laughs> Second, you need to be able once first is, you know, to, to understand and recognize the impact your ways of being speaking happen on your partner and the relationship. You you gotta be straight about that. Second is to be able to predict the reactions of your partner as well as yourself fundamentally for the most part. You're not gonna predict every single thing, but you need to know your partner. Like your mom and dad knows each other really well, right? Yeah, very well. Yeah, like they could almost predict what's going to happen. They're not surprised. They may not be able to predict their stuff, but but mom could predict what dad's about to do in a minute and vice versa. And so they, live, they give each other space to be that way. Right. So, um, um, you know, so what you want to do in these cases is you want to, like, do the things that work for your partner as often as possible when you think they need it most. So uh, I have an example here. If you notice that a body massage makes your partner happy, depending on how happy it makes them, use it to the fullest benefit of the relationship. So, you know, it could be when you see that their happiness, uh, that the happiness that comes from it will contribute most to the relationship or most to them. So, like, if they can't get out of a bad mood, that's when it will be a great time to give them something that they love. Um, you know, help them to get up, help them to make up after an upset. Um Spontaneous acts of generosity, affection, and service, they work really well. What you want to do, though, you want to understand them well enough that you can do stuff to help them get back into a great mood because, you know, people that, um, that are successful in their relationships, not all of them, but a few of them, they make commitments like never go to sleep angry. You know what I mean? So they clean that up before they go to sleep no matter how hard it is to do that because they don't want to wake up or have that energy in them. So you want to look at those type of things by being able to predict how they're going to be for the most part. Next is to consciously pay close attention to your main love languages and the love languages of your partner. Usually we have two that's running the show. There's a third one we kind of like, and then the other two we're like, huh, what's that? So do you know what your love languages are? Do you remember those? Dude, I want to say, <clears throat> okay, so it's, there's touch, there's words of affirmation for sure. Yes. Or it's yes. fucking like very, very clear that that's one of mine. Okay. Probably the top one. Mm-hmm. And then probably touch. Okay. Okay. So uh, what about acts of service? Like someone to me? Uh-uh. But you to somebody else? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, so you don't care about gifts or quality time, is that it? I don't care about gifts, although I appreciate them. Yes. Totally I've never got really it. been with any. 
but quality time I do care, but, but quality time and touch I kind of collapse the two. Yes. But co- like, you got to understand I'm a twin, right? So my psyche is going to be a little different than probably a lot of no. Like I love, I don't like being alone. I like yes. being with people. Yes. The quality time is definitely up there. Like quality time and touch are like neck and neck. I consider yes. them both the same thing. Mm. Mm. But words of affirmation are without a doubt like number one for me. Got it. Okay. And I'm, you know, and I've got really, really clear on that. Like, men need to feel successful. Yes. And yeah. Yeah, it's hard to feel successful if words of affirmation is your top love language and your, your partner's not talking to you or acknowledging oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have that for a while. Yeah, yeah, I got that. So, um, all right, so you need to know what those two are and the, and the two of your partner, and you want to find somebody that got the same ones and make it so much easier. So, so that's that. And then the last critical element you need to keep present and be responsible for it's real simple, but it's critical, which is you got to remember and keep present and be responsible for the fact that you love your partner. You cannot forget that you love your partner. It's what you've always wanted and always will want. So to consciously create your relationship, you got to consciously remind yourself and keep alive that you love your partner. So that's that. Now, um, it's so important to be conscious in your relationship. You need to be conscious of you and how you do things, how you part, you're conscious of your partner, how they do things, and the space in between. This is a, the area where people finally realize how much they actually don't know who they are because they begin to realize there's so much they don't know about themselves, never thought of, questions, or missed. So I created this thing called the relationship charter, which you're not going to do with, but I'm going to tell you about it. But before you can create a relationship charter, you actually have to create your personal life charter. I'm going to talk about that briefly, and this is, this is how I end the call this session. So um, a relationship charter uh, is kind of, like I said, like a business charter. Um, and so what I have is um, a structure that declares that, that when you and your partner both do your personal life charter, you bring those two pieces together. And then you combine them, and that becomes your relationship charter. Gotcha. Make sense? Yeah. Okay, good. So um, what I'm going to do is not – I'm going to send you the relationship charter, but I'm going to invite you to do you – no, know, I'm requesting that you actually fill out your personal life charter. So you're going to get both documents, but just do the personal life charter because right now you don't have nobody else to share that with. Not really. So let me tell you uh, the, the basic areas, and then I'll go a little bit into it, and then that'll be the end of this. So uh, the first part is you got you got to know who you are, identify who you are. And in session one, you got that list of different principles that you live your life by. So there's usually one or two that's the most profound for you. And so you want to keep it as simple as possible. Who I am is – I'll tell you who Tony is. Who Tony is is, uh, is, is love and enlightenment. And anything that shows up in any of those, that's me. I'm clear about it. those are the two principles that I live my life the most by. It's almost like I was the, I was born in that brand, love and enlightenment. That's me. My mission in life is to leave the planet better than I found them. And actually, my purpose in life, excuse me, is to leave the, the, the planet better than I found them. Is to leave the planet better than I found them. And then my purpose, excuse me, my mission is to uh, create lasting world peace 
um, and to have love present on the planet. Those are my missions. Um, the principles that I live my life by, you know, there will be, you know, I've got about 10. I'll tell you some of them is um, uh, responsibility, wisdom, love, um, accuracy, clarity, workability. Um, uh, what else? I got about 10. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but when situations pop, come around, they pop up. It's just like, like they use me, which is the way you really want your principles to be. Like they call you instead of you trying to remember what they are. Um, so uh, those are the principles that guide my life, my focus. Now, this is an interesting thing. Um, identifying what your focus in life is is really identifying the filter that you look at through life at. But I'm going to keep it as a term, your focus. So um, we're born in life with, you know, we just own whatever our, our filter is of life, how we look at it, life. The, the, you know, the, you know, people ain't fair or, you know, there's racism or, you know, I got to make money or whatever it is that you're thinking about when you look at life, generally speaking. You wake up in the morning, you're automatically thinking that. So um, I discovered for myself, I received from the creator my, per- my focus in life, and I'll tell you what it is. It's like you choosing your filter instead of having your filter choose you that you don't even know you got it running you. So my filter, my focus is um, to take the high road, to be fully aware, expand comfort zones, be transparent, and hold the space of love. When I first wrote it, it blew my mind. I'm like, I never said this before. Where did this come from? But I wrote it. I loved it, and I've been living from it ever since. And if I describe that to anybody and they they start talking to me like, yeah, you, that's you. That is you. (laughs) You Because it's how I'm looking at life. Can I take the high road? Should I take the high road? Like, what's the high road? You know, am I fully aware here? Am I expanding my own comfort zones? Am I growing? Am I helping other people expand their comfort zone? Am I being as transparent as necessary? And am I holding the space of love? And so that's how I'm looking at life first. I might change and do other stuff, but, like, I'm, I've been doing this since 2002 when I first got that one. Mm-hmm. So you get a chance to choose how you want to look at life. That's what my, uh, your focus is in, 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 in like that, your, your filter. So next is um, you want to create vivid descriptions of four aspects of your life. You want, it's, your, it's your bucket list, your ideal thing. So it's, it's home life. It's like how it is to be home. Um, you know, it's your family life. Part of it could be your home, if your family at home, but your entire family, your finances, and your marriage. So, and I, I, you know, you do it however you want to do it, right? You feel fully expressed, but it's the home life. You come home, how it's like to be home. Your family, the entire family, and even including your spouse's partner's family. Um, your finances. You want to be you want to, you want to have ten trillion dollars. Fine. And by the way, none of this stuff has to be realistic. And there's a reason why it doesn't have to be realistic. Because when you come up with your fantastic, fantastic filters and fantastic, you know, impossibles, it's pointing to something. So give yourself permission to be as completely unrealistic as possible because you want to know why you want that. And the why is what's, what's really driving it. You follow what I'm saying? I follow. Yeah, so you know, in, you know, in your in your personal bucket list, you want to live to be 150 years old. There's a reason why you want to live to be 150 years old. By the way, that's one of mine. 
because it's like, do I live there? I don't know. But, I'm, but for me, it's longevity. It's like, and the reason for the longevity in my purpose is so that the longer I'm around, the longer I can make a difference. <laughs> right. You know, okay, that makes like, perfect sense, dude. Yeah. So, like, you want to look at why your bucket list, because after you do those four pieces, whatever else is not in that fits in those four pieces, you put it down, your bucket list, you know. You want to, you know, I want to be fully enlightened in this lifetime. I want to shake the hands of five presidents, because that means I must be that much influential that the presidents want to meet me, because, right. you know what I'm saying, they're calling me up to shake their hand. They, I, must have, I must have really made a difference in this world, you know what I mean? So, like, you know, I, I, I think about the highest fantasies making the difference and fulfilling all my life purpose, who I am, and my mission in life, those would be the outcomes. So you could be as unrealistic as possible because it's yours anyhow, but you're also giving your, your partner and yourself complete awareness of who you really are. Like, really. Make sense? Yeah. Hello? Okay, good. So that's your uh, uh, life purpose, uh, personal life charter. Um, I recommend you do it. I'm going to tell you that, you know, you. I almost don't want to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyhow, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's a little distracting because you have to sit there and focus. You've got to think suggest, about it, man. You really got to think, yeah. yeah that's of one of, and, and that's one of the hardest things human beings have to do is think. Most human beings don't think. That's part of why we're in the situation we're in. There's certain people yeah. that think. There's certain, there's certain folks that think, and then everybody else don't think. They just do. Right. You know what I mean? So, um. So now I'll briefly go over the relationship charter so you get a sense of it, but you don't have to worry about that until you're ready to do something. And then by doing your own personal life charter, it'll help you to teach your partner how to do it. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to declare it right now. You get somebody that's ready to do a personal life charter because you're ready to do a relationship charter and they're enrolled, call me. I will help you, bro. Free of charge, just say, yo, help, and I'm there. Because this is too important, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, it's just too important. So, okay. Um, so now with the relationship charter, who you are and who she is is who we are. So that's the first piece. Who we are as a couple. Second is what's your purpose in life together as a couple. Third is what's your mission as a couple. Fourth is the combined principles that you decided to live your life by inside of the marriage to run the marriage by. Then is your focus, you know, how, you, how y'all want to look collectively as a, as a couple at life, at your relationship, combined vision, like from a philosophical standpoint. Then you want to have those four vivid descriptions, your house, home life, the marriage itself, the, the family, extended family, and your finances. And then um, you want to have your bucket list, what I call your intended outcomes. So you combine the things you both want to do together. See, now you, by, by doing that one thing, the intended outcomes together, you'll actually be creating a life together and building a legacy at the same time before you even start doing the legacy. Right. Because you don't have to. Yeah. yeah right? Well, you're putting something, you're, putting something in, you're, you're creating and putting it into space and, and then with the goal of manifesting it. Exactly. Then after, after you fill that out, then you make promises to your partner. So you could use the same things you used before because that's who you are, not so much that it's like it's a, a Amanda's promises that you made to her, but it's like who you are. So if you want to use those or use it as a structure or something, but like 
who I am, you know, my, who I pro- what I promise is I promise to be this. I promise to be that. I promise to do this. I promise to think this way. I promise to treat you, blah, blah, blah. Whatever feels comfortable for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you make it up. Because yeah. it's probably calling, her, calling it out of you. Uh, she's probably pulling it out of you with her being this anyhow. And then she gets the chance to say, to, to come up and create the same things with you. Right. You know what I mean? So you create that together. Um, and then you would say who you are f- for her and who she is for you. She would do the same. And then she would make her promises to you. And then, you know, from there, that's pretty much about it. You know, you can, and you can close it how you want. I love you. This is great. Whatever. I don't care. Whatever, right? Whatever works right. for the both of you. But you, when you're ready for that, I will go through this again with you. Okay. But this is what session four is about. It's not about how to not pay, how to not uh, ever uh, fall down on your credit history. You know, it's not about, you know, not how to not lie or how to not get caught lying. It's not about that. It's about understanding each other so much that you're almost like having a mental telepathy experience, and then you work inside of that. Yeah. Does it make sense? Makes sense. Great. Okay, so um, uh, that's all I got. Anything you want to say? Ask? Um, no, I mean, thanks, man. It was, well, I really, really wish that I was exposed to this. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say before was, like, Tony, you've been sitting on this shit since 2003. And no. This particular yeah. program, I didn't get these distinctions until, until 2012. Sorry, bro. Shit. I, I, didn't, know this. I, didn't, I didn't know this stuff <laughs> until 2012, and I suck yeah. as a marketer. I suck as a marketer, bro. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's very profound. Um, it's very simple, but yet it's very, yes. it's very profound because it gives, you know, it, it literally helps you create partnership and who you are, right? Yes, so, it's yeah, it's one of those things. That's like, it's a, it's, I don't want to say it's a little thing because I'm not going to minimize it. Cause it's actually really, right. really big. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it go. It really will make a huge difference. Yeah. This thing. Let me tell you like this, man. This here business. This here program. This when I created this, I recognized that relationships are so simple, and mostly easy. Not always easy. You know, dealing with death in the family is not easy, but it's simple. Go, go, go call a funeral home, right? Um, you know, you, you got to make decisions. The decisions, once you understand the fundamentals, the decisions are easy. The coexistence is easy. And when I tell you what it's like in session six, you're going to really find out how easy it is. Because when I really got what relationships are, it really only takes 10 to 15 minutes to explain it. But you got to learn yeah. how to get the problems out of the way in order for you to get to those 15 minutes that I will explain to you, which we're going to get in session six. It's really, it's really profound. So, um, it's profound in its simplicity. It's as simple yeah. as driving. Yeah. You know, right. and um, and you're starting to hear that now. So it's great. Yeah. Now the best, and this program is designed to tell you, to teach you how to choose the right somebody, which is session one. Once you know who you are, it's easy to choose the right person. You might yeah. not be. It might not be. Let me say, it's easy and simple, but it's more simple than easy because there might not be anybody that's a match for you, but at least you know they're not a match for you, and you're okay with that. You, know, like, you might be sad that you don't have nobody, but at least you know you ain't selling yourself out, and you know you'll be able to recognize the right person when you first see them, 
you know, when you first, you know, interacted with them. Maybe not on first sight, but pretty quick, you know? Yeah. You know, you meet somebody with the same love languages, they want the same thing in life, for me, making a difference. If, if the person with me don't want to make a huge difference, don't want to, like, be out there in the world making a difference, I got, I, we can't even talk. I don't want to have sex because I don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm old enough to be able to say that now. I, I, done, I done, you know, done my dirt and had fun doing it. You know what I'm saying? But so yeah. I, I don't need I don't need to play. For me, it's like if I was going to go there, it would be like, you know, a, a, um, a grown up playing with taco toys, man. I'm not I'm not going there. But anyhow, I'm glad you got it. I'll send you this stuff tomorrow, and um, I'm going to create a separate Dropbox folder for you with these calls. So that because I'm having a separate conversation with you than I was having with you and, and Amanda together, you know what I mean? Right. So keeping the privacy, you know, uh, there and like that. All right. Okay. All right, cool. man. So that's it, bro. Um, uh, you know, you let me know when you want to do this again because we still got two sessions. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the other thing is, I don't know if you're gonna need any more support or want any more support after this. I know that Amanda was going to need some support because she's an emotional I she already, woman. I thought she already signed up for it. Yeah, 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 she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay, saying, I'm just, I'm just saying about you. I don't know if you're going to need it, but I'm just saying if you do, let me know. We'll talk about it at the end if you need. I don't think you're going to want to right this minute, but I'd like to be wrong, and I'm okay with it either way. You know what I'm saying? I'm just putting it out there. That's all. I'm pretty sure. Say that again? You, you, you're breaking up. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I said I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to. Okay. All right, cool. All right, well, um, I'm, I'll be here for you. Yeah. Can you can you stop recording? Yes, I'm going to stop it right can we, now. Yes, can we talk on. for a little bit? Yes, yes, yeah, hold on. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.